Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow golfers, for your entertainment. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa, brought to you by Hagen Oaks, America's most awarded golf facility, and Naturewood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. Welcome into the Golf to Go Radio Hour on Sacktown Sports 1140. Hi, you all. I'm Frank LaRosa, along with Scott Marsh, and uh, we have another show on tap for you. Uh, Scott, we just keep somehow every week we, we're here and we, we do this radio show. Well, as we know, there's so much to talk about in golf. It's amazing that we can get it done all in an hour. And I don't know if we ever do, but hopefully we're bringing good stuff every week. You know, that that is, uh, I suppose that's that's the, uh, the, 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 the crowning glory is, is if we actually um, say something that, uh, you know, gives people pause to thought, uh, to think a little bit and, and, and hopefully maybe help their game and ultimately really uh, have more fun because that's, that's what I'm all about. It's a game. We keep forgetting that. So, so uh, let's have some fun. On the show today, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, with it, it, it's much colder, I think, this year than it has in the past. And uh, we haven't had a lot of rain yet. But uh, but the notion of, uh, you know, the golf game is tough enough by itself. But you know, here comes uh, old man winter and that causes some some other kinds of issues. Uh, so we're going to talk about seven ways to kind of modify your golf gear to to, you know, help you get through the winter with your golf game. Yeah, no, that's important. It's been freezing outside for sure. And then the one thing, of course, when it's colder outside, the ball doesn't fly as far. So, um, you know, that's always frustrating at times, too. Then uh, Michael Parsons, the head golf professional at Elkhorn Golf Club, uh, will be with us to talk about, uh, you know, why you should drive down uh, I-5 or or Highway 99 to uh, Eight Mile Road and and find yourself at Elkhorn Golf Club. Uh, Years ago, it was a private club. Uh, now it's it's owned by the Friends of Elkhorn, and um, I think that you'll be uh, you'll be interested and pleased to hear from Michael. Frank, it's always amazing. There's always a course that I have not played that we have the the head pro on and the GM on a weekly basis. I'm just always blown away with how many great courses there are in our area. Uh, Northern California is a great place to live if you want to play the game. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, I was reading a, a, an article the other day. I get lots of golf newsletters, obviously, and and uh, one that really kind of uh, kind of piqued my interest. It, it was uh, called the 15 greatest golf nicknames, a definitive uh, ranking. Definitive, uh, huh? OK. Well, you know, I, I suppose <laughs> if you're if you're writing the story, you get to put a headline yes. like that on it. But there were some fun, fun nicknames in there. And so uh, we'll kind of go through those and, um, you know, maybe maybe even. Uh, assign each other a nickname i know that one's out of the blue i, I might have to think i might have to think about a nickname for scott marsh but I'm all right sure i'm going to be thinking over the hour about one for you as well okay this is the golf to go radio hour we have all that on tap and more and we will be back uh, to talk about all that right after this it's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. Scott, as I, as I mentioned, uh, I think that, uh, you know, I think it's a little colder this year. And I think, uh, as, as we've suggested, uh, you know, the ball doesn't carry as far in the winter. Um, you know, do you keep your clubs in the trunk? You know, all of, all of those kinds of questions. And, and uh, I was looking at an article um, in uh, Golf Monthly by uh, a gentleman named Joel Tadman. It was called uh, Seven Ways to Modify Your Golf Gear for the Winter. And I, I thought that was an interesting topic and, and maybe something that uh, will give our listeners some thoughts about, you know, how they should how they should handle their golf game this winter. I love it. Let's go through it. 
You know, the, the first one, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, for the most part, once your driver is set, you know, if you've been fitted or, or you've, you know, you've set it yourself based on uh, swing characteristics, you, you probably don't want to change it. On the other hand, it's probably the only time maybe in the winter that, uh, you know, changing the loft on your driver uh, makes sense uh, with, with the softer ground and the fact that uh, we don't get a whole lot of roll. Um, your distance is all going to come from how long the ball stays in the air. And how do we get the ball in the air longer? We add loft to the driver. Uh, so uh, this is probably the only the only time we would ever recommend uh, you, you change the loft on your driver. And, and certainly you, you, you have to remember that you cannot change it during a round, or at least certainly in a round that uh, you're playing a tournament with. But uh, uh, getting uh, get a little more lo- a loft in your driver probably makes great sense. No, that's a great tip. And I've actually had a couple of people who have fit me uh, explain that to me that in the wintertime, you probably want to adjust for the higher loft, you know, especially with the driver, just, just for that point alone, because it could mean a difference of 20 or 30 yards based upon how poor the weather might be when you're playing. And, it, and, and to your point, it's so easy to adjust your clubs, right? A lot of times you don't think about it because you may not have the little uh, screwdriver with you to, to make that easy adjustment, but it's, it's really simple. And it, it, it's something you can really think about doing, especially if you hit low line drives or if you've got it set at a lower level than 10.5 to begin with. Yeah. It's always, uh, it's always great during the summer to get that rollout. But, it is. Uh, it, you know, it's never there in the winter. And, and as you mentioned, it, it is pretty simple that, that the wrench uh, comes with, yep. uh, with most drivers and, and you loosen that uh, screw at the bottom and, and uh, many drivers now, I wouldn't say all, but most of them are adjustable. And if yeah. you go to the uh, to the plus marking and kind of turn the driver head, uh, you end up adding loft to your driver. Yep. No, that's a great tip. Uh, switch to a higher bounce wedge. Uh, you know, the notion of uh, softer ground and, uh, you know, especially if you're a digger, you know, I, I suppose the, the wedge players are either diggers or pickers. And uh, if, especially if you're a digger, you know, that uh, that softer ground is going to create all kinds of havoc, even if it's wet. Uh, so, you know, switching to a higher bounce wedge, you know, so that the wedge uh, sort of glides uh, through the ground, um, you know, under the ball probably is uh, is something that that will help your game as well. It, it seems to make sense. I might need some clarification, like for the average golfer. Can you explain the higher bounce and how somebody would make that adjustment? Well, you, you, you can't make an adjustment on, on the bounce. You know, the wedges come with uh, a predetermined bounce. And so I, I suppose this would mean you're, you're, you're moving to a different wedge during the winter. Or, you know, I, I tend to play a wedge that's, that's kind of uh, in the middle, um, you know, good for soft and, and hard conditions. And, and by either opening the wedge a little bit more or closing it, you know, you can, you can affect the bounce that way. So, um, uh, the, the easiest thing to do is to, is to just get yourself a, a different wedge with a higher bounce. Good enough. Um, you know, when we get on the greens, um, you know, the greens tend to be slower this time of year. So the notion is that maybe you should add weight to your putter. Um, and, and what does that mean? Well, you know, most putters um, come with, uh, with, with weights, um, heel and toe. And, um, and some of them actually come with, with weight kits. Uh, if not, you can certainly buy them. I remember years ago, there was a, a, a putter company out called Heavy Putter. 
and um, it it really was very very heavy, just as the name says. It, the the heavier putter, you know, probably helps you keep the putter on on the on the on the path much easier because uh, you've got that momentum happening with it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's it's certainly something you have to get used to. I think adding uh, maybe a little weight to the putter, um, you know, you get a, a initial uh, a ball speed to be greater. And uh, on those slow greens, it, it probably will will help you stay over the ball longer and, and get the ball to the hole. Yeah, it's a good tip, especially when it's wet, right? A lot of times you, you don't take into consideration just how moist a green is. And you do need to hit it a little bit harder to, to give your chance to, to, to make a putt. Especially in the morning when you see that rooster tail coming. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, point four, switch to a distance ball. You know, balls are, are either uh, distance or spin. Uh, you know, that's probably the easiest simplification. And uh, the distance balls maybe tend to be a little harder. Um, and, um, you know, they're, they're, you don't have as much spin around the greens with, with those balls. On the other hand, um, you know, that extra distance that you, that you might pick up and, and probably it's probably not going to be more than five or six yards to tell you the truth. Um, I think I remember talking to the Titleist rep a few years ago, and there wasn't a whole lot of difference from the top to the bottom of the line in terms of distance on the balls, but uh, you're, you're probably guaranteed a better chance at more distance with a, with a, with a distance ball, like, like the Titleist velocity, for instance. No question. Everything adds up. If you add a little loft to the club, you, you go with a distance ball as well. All those things cumulatively could make a big impact in the winter. I see a lot of people uh, playing with just their Cabretta golf club during the winter. (laughs) Boy, you know, when your hands get cold and uh, you you miss hit a shot and that thing rattles up through your fingers, that's you're kind of miserable for the rest of the day. So there are a number of companies that make uh, a synthetic uh, warming glove. I think that's what they call them, you know, golf warm gloves or something to that effect. But uh, you wear you wear a glove on each hand and it keeps both hands warm. Uh, it's very easy to grip the club. Um, there, there is no issue with that at all. And and while they're not thermal or anything like that necessarily, they're going to keep your hands a whole lot warmer than they would uh, just wearing the one Cabretta glove on your lead hand. No, that's a great tip. I remember I, I saw Phil Mickelson doing that in a tournament many years ago, and I, I went out and bought two uh, golf gloves and I use that in the winter sometimes and it's no different. It's just like a, a baseball player. You know, it's all about personal preference. Some players hit with both gloves, some hit with one, some hit with none, but I mean, you can certainly make that adjustment and there's nothing wrong about it just because you don't see most golfers doing that doesn't mean it's like outlawed or a bad thing to do by any means. Stay warm is the most important thing. Absolutely. And, and during the rain, rain gloves are very important. Yeah. You can, go th- you can go through a lot of regular gloves just trying to keep them dry. You know, some people kind of hang their gloves uh, in the webbing of their, um, of their umbrella while they're playing, and, but they're, they're never really going to dry out. So there, there are gloves actually made to, to play in the rain. You, you actually want to get them wet because the, 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 the wet part helps uh, helps you grip the golf club and again you wear one on each hand and they're they're a they're a huge aid uh, especially if you're going to play in the rain yep for sure how about shoes you know we we tend to, in the summertime to uh, to to want to play spikeless and we want to play a lighter shoe and and maybe in the winter time with the mud and uh, the slippery ground and all it might be time to 
switch to a to a you know a heavier shoe and and one certainly one with spikes and one that's going to have you have you grip the ground a whole lot better certainly makes sense because obviously you know especially teeing off i mean your chance of of slipping and having that to have a shot that's not what you want is a lot greater so i, I think that's a great piece of advice yeah, you know, the, the the last piece of advice that this particular story came up with was to buy a set of cart winter wheels. And and I think that applies more to uh, a motorized cart because the, the wider wheels with a little more grip is 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 going to uh, give your your cart much more traction. But uh, if you're if you're either carrying or pushing, obviously, that you know, probably isn't going to make a whole bit of difference. But uh, for those of you that uh, that can afford a motorized cart, yeah. probably not a bad idea to change out the wheels. No, I think that's a great idea too. And I, I probably have an even bigger piece of advice for, for people out there. I would say head out to the Hagen Oaks Golf Super Shop and stock up on all your, your winter gear, you know, because you can find it all right there. And it, it does make it does make a difference to 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 be warm when you're playing out there because there's nothing less enjoyable than freezing for four and a half hours out on the golf course. And I would just say of all those things, um, making sure you wear a vest. Like, I don't know if a lot of times I like to wear a full jacket, but I wear a vest. It's very comfortable. It doesn't interfere with my swing. It keeps all your organs warm. And that's really the key piece. Your arms and legs, you know, you can tolerate a different level of coldness, but once your internal organs get cold, it really isn't a lot of fun. So I would say invest in a great uh, vest that you're comfortable with also. Uh, you know, that's another point, Scott, of being comfortable on the golf course. Uh, you, you can be comfortable playing in the rain. You can be comfortable playing in in the wind. I mean, there, there's everything from, uh, you know, from battery uh, warming vests, uh, you know, to to just a, a, a light vest, but, and everything in between. And And so find out what, what best works for you, what doesn't interfere with your swing and, and what makes you comfortable. Because as you say, you know, that's a long time to be out in the elements. If, you know, if you're feeling cold or if you're feeling wet, yep. or if you're just feeling miserable, yep. uh, it, it, it's, it's a game. You're supposed to enjoy it and, and being able to enjoy it in all kinds of conditions. I think, you know, you have a sense of accomplishment. You know, I beat that course. I was out there today. No question. And that's old school golf. I mean, look at it on the links courses over in England and Scotland. I mean, weather is just a daily occurrence there and they've found a way to play it for several hundred years i think uh i think you make uh once again a, a really great point uh this is the golf to go radio hour we have uh told you some ways to modify your golf gear for the winter and uh hopefully there's something in there that makes sense to you michael parsons head pro at uh, elkhorn golf club will be back with us right after these messages it's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. Golf to Go Radio Hour continues here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Hi, I'm Frank LaRosa along with Scott Marsh. Welcoming in Mr. Uh, Mike Parsons. Mike is the head golf professional at Elkhorn Golf Club in uh, Stockton, California. And uh, Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You know, I, I have uh, a little bit of a history with, with Elkhorn, having played there so many years ago when my friend Bob Young was head golf professional and... Uh, Ty and Nancy Kaplan uh, were running the place, and uh, boy, what what great days those were! And and as with most things, uh, things change, and uh, you know, many years later, it's it's uh, not a private club anymore. And uh, Elkhorn Golf Club, as you mentioned to me a little while ago, is owned by friends of of Elkhorn. Is isn't that what you said? Correct. Yes, sir. Term, yeah. So I, I, it's always. Uh, 
incredible to me to, to learn when a, a group of individuals, probably including some members, decide that uh, we love our golf course and we're going to buy it back from the people that owned it and, and run it ourselves. That's, that's a remarkable way to, 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 to get to running a golf course. Yeah, they got to learn on the spot. They uh, Right out the gate, they brought in Sierra Golf to uh, run the management, and that was up until about a year ago. And then they uh, took over running all of it, hired me from Sierra Golf uh, to run the day-to-day and head golf, head golf professional capacity and all that. You you had actually had been there with Ty and Nancy Kaplan years ago. You, you I, was, I was here with Nancy. Yeah. I, I never got to meet Ty, but I've heard some great stories. I got to read all of his... Uh, when he was, I believe, treasurer of the PGA, um, all of his books and fantastic man. So how'd you get into, into the world of golf? So uh, I started out at the reserve uh, in 2001. Um, I didn't want to be a mechanic like my dad. So I got a part-time job out there where I was going to Delta. Uh, and uh, I just worked uh, cart barn a little bit. And then uh, Rich Howard came on out there. And pulled me into the shop because I was cordial with members. I'd help them. And um, I didn't even play golf at the time. I didn't even start until I got down to Fresno a few years later when my wife was getting her master's. And I met uh, Steve Calkins, who was a good friend of uh, Ernie George, who's a icon here in Stockton. Sure is, yeah. So uh, then sarcastically asked me what I wanted to do with my life. And I said, I want his job. <laughs> so, so he had me meet, uh, meet him on the driving range and he turned me into a golfer. How, how good is that? What a great story. Yeah. Ernie, Ernie is certainly one of, uh, one of the legends of, of the Northern California section. Yes, he is. Um, so how old is the golf course? I believe 1961. That was the Mike DeMassey, if I remember correctly. And then uh, DeMassey and then Ty came from, uh, where was he at, Michigan, I want to say. He came in uh, late 60s, early 70s, and that's when they came in. Yeah. And it was a, it was a thriving uh, private club for, for many years. And, oh, for and, sure. And then I, I guess you could, you could say, you know, in, in all candor, that it kind of fell into a little bit of disrepair after a while, but my understanding now is that the golf course is in incredible shape. Uh, put our greens up with anybody. It's yeah. fantastic. And, and obviously open to the public. Yes, sir. We, uh, we do offer memberships, uh, which are basically a, uh, a limited green fees kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a seven day a week um, that we call our platinum membership. It's unlimited golf. Uh, and then we have um, a five day a week membership. And then a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday membership, which is actually our most popular membership. I've never uh, heard of anything like that. That's great. Yeah. It, uh, so our, it's kind of weird that our Tuesdays are one of our busiest days. <laughs> I can understand why. Yeah. We're talking, talking with Mike Parsons, head golf professional at Elkhorn Golf Club. Mike, let, let's, uh, you know, for people that have not had a chance to play there, when they're standing on the first tee, what can they expect? And, um, you know, where are they going to get in trouble? Trees. <laughs> we are, uh, we're not a long course. We're only about uh, 6,400 6, from the tips. So it's, it's not very long. Our part threes have a little bite to them, but uh, it's tree line. The front, front nine is OB left and back nine is OB right. So 
the bailout is trees. Yeah. So obviously that's what uh, what players like least about the course. What are they, what do they like best about your golf course? Greens. Yeah. That's the first thing I hear from everyone is our greens are immaculate. They they roll great. They're consistent. Um, they don't have the undulations of the private days when um, when we put in the new greens. Um, what uh, in 2011 uh, when the new ownership took over. Um, kind of uh, took a lot of the false fronts out and made them more public play, if that makes sense. Uh, but like they still have good bend to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably been, Oh, I'd, I'd say eight, eight, nine years since I've played down there. And, and I know that, you know, you, you've just let me know now that uh, some of the false fronts have been taken out. It, it, it sounds more playable and I, I tend to hit the ball straight. So, so the trees, you know, might, uh, might scare me a little bit, but but uh, I, I think I'm going to keep it in play, and and that's probably the, the key. <laughs> well, to what I, what I tell everyone is, it's not as narrow as it looks. <laughs> it, all the trees kind of come into a shoot when you come to the tee, and then it yeah. it opens up quite a bit. Scott, you and I haven't had a chance to talk about this. I don't know if you ever played uh, Elkhorn. I have not, but I want to get out there. I'm very excited. I'm very concerned about those trees, despite what you <laughs> say. Uh, I do want to know about the greens because according to the website, it says they're the same as uh, the Olympic club. And I know so, what that means in general. So can you talk about that? So when, uh, for the, we closed private from the private aspect, uh, February, 2011. And so from February until, uh, I want to say October, there was no maintenance on the course. So we lost all the greens, which happens. I mean, went through July in, in the Valley. So um, when uh, Sierra Golf was in here with the ownership, they got a great deal on the same greens the Olympic Club used when uh, I was at the President's Cup Yeah, that year. Um, so they got it from the same nursery. So they were the same, same greens. Wow. Wow. You mean U.S. Open when the Olympic Club? U.S. Open. That's right. That's right. Yeah. No problem. And then talk to us about the bunkers because I knew there was a huge bunker renovation done as well. So uh, bunker renovation was, um, I want to say, six years ago. Redid them all. um, The new drains. Um, In the last month, we've uh, done an overhaul of them again and uh, re-sanded. We bought a new Sand Pro and we work them by hand now and because um, all of our greens are elevated. So they're all protected by greenside bunkers because once again, we're not a very long track. So the short game comes into play here quite a bit. Okay. How about in terms of a signature hole? Like if somebody says this is the hole that, that is the most memorable, what would you say? Well, I'd like to, uh, well, talking to like the older members, they always say hole 13. It's a, it's a part three that can be stretched out to, 165 yards and there's just water in front of it okay. and it's kind of a almost a um almost wishbone-ish kind of coming around with a pot bunker right in front or a, a deep bunker with sand and uh uh it's it's a tough hole uh it plays consistently about 140 from the white tees which most of our people play so it's all carry and get the ball in the air protected mm-hmm. just short of the water by this huge um huge oak tree and um, every time we get any any kind of storm, 
is that a tree might come down. That's the first calls I get from some of the older guys say hey, that tree come down on 13. And I think that tree is going to outlast us all. Wow. Hopefully it does. And uh, it sounds like that's the least likely part of three where Frank's going to get his fourth hole in one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great looking hole though. That's, that's the hole you can actually see from coming down eight mile. And it's got the, oh, wow. the Elkhorn marquee right there at the tee box. Nice. That's a great Mike, one. you mentioned that the that the older the older players think that that's uh, the signature hole. What what do the younger players feel? Um, I think me personally, I think hole four. It's it's a narrow dogleg uh, with water that you can't see if you never played it before. That comes out about two about two thirty off the tee on the right, and that's the same water that goes all the way across twelve and everything. So I think consistently. Hole four is the toughest, and it's just a great, great hole. Is that that dog leg left? Dog leg right. Dog leg right. Okay. Right off the tee. Yeah. I'm thinking of something else then. What uh, growing the game obviously is is not right now as important as it has been because of the pandemic and how many people playing golf now because of that. But what are you doing as a golf club and uh, as a as a head golf professional to help grow the game in terms of bringing new players in? Uh, as you said, the pandemic helped bring in new golfers in. We we had a huge spike in memberships, and we got over 400 members here right now. That's great. And, um, retaining them is just giving them um, – I know uh, Pat, Pat Curry, he always likes to say that we're the uh, blue-collar country club that lets public play. So, so we try to give that um, – that kind of feel to it because we have the amenities here so someone can come in and see that we have a full locker room uh, with weights and everything and we try to treat um this is Haverkamp coming off the road like she's been here forever and that's, that's that I like to talk to my staff about let's let's give her a big smile and hope she comes back how about lessons what's your lesson program like uh we have we have a uh, PGA instructor here on site, uh, Austin Hamrick, uh, Hamrick Golf, and he does the, that's all he does, his lessons. Uh, my first assistant, Tino, he's, his one passion is teaching, so he's getting more and more into that. Um, I've, I'd like to say I have all the time in the world for lessons, but I spend more time behind my desk anymore than, <laughs> than anything else. Yeah, don't don't get into the golf business to play golf, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How about juniors? Uh, we have a uh, actually we have about sixty five junior members. We we only charge a hundred dollars for the year for wow. limited free fees. So under under eighteen, uh, we try to keep just like uh, Ty Kaplan was a huge huge junior golf uh, advocate. So we we keep that same mentality. That that's fabulous. Obviously, that's that's where the growth of the game is going to come from. Exactly. Um, tell us tell us about the memberships again. So uh, you know that came a little early in this interview, and let's let's you know now that we've gotten people excited about Elkhorn Golf Club, tell us about the membership opportunities again. So uh, seven days a week is called our platinum. That's only one thirty four ninety five a month. That's unlimited golf. Uh, for uh, that doesn't include cart fees. So cart fees is nineteen each time you ride. Um, and then it's, uh, 109 during the week for Monday through Friday. And it's only $79 for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, which once again, for 80 bucks, that's, 
that's why that's our number one. That's unlimited golf for 80 bucks? 80 bucks, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday membership. Wow, that, that's, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. And El Elkhorn is probably the easiest walk around because it's flat. You know, the elevation is to our greens, that's it. Tell us about the location, exactly where it is. I know, I think it's off 8 Mile Road, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 8 Mile and Davis Road. Um, we are, um, I think it's about a mile and a half off of I-5 and about three miles, um, three miles west of 99. So we're kind of right there. And I know you have a big restaurant and uh, you probably do functions as well. We, we, we have a whole lot of golf tournaments here. That's yeah. kind of our pride and joy. We have real big ones. Um, and then we, we have a full 400-person uh, banquet hall um, that was built, I want to say that's early 2000s, uh, full bar, everything, overlooking, uh, overlooking 16, our pride and joy, long par three. Um, so we, any banquet available, we do uh, Thursday and Friday night dinners here that are spectacular um reservations all that good stuff uh, great the, bar bar and uh lunch seven days a week or uh six days a week sorry the bar is available seven days a week and best way to make tea times uh well, you can go to our website uh elkorngc.com and just uh create an account through four up which would be just under guests and you can book whenever whenever's availability seven days out or give us a call in the shop I think there's a, a remarkable uh, uh, difference in the uh, kind of golf courses available, the pricing available, and and Northern California is just one of the greatest places to live if you want to play golf. And certainly, Elkhorn Golf Club is, uh, you know, has has something to offer for everybody. Uh, Mike Parsons, uh, head golf professional, I thank you very much for your time. Thanks for introducing us to Elkhorn, and boy, that eighty dollars for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for. An entire month. That that's uh, maybe one of the best things I've heard on the show. Sign me up. <laughs> it's a great deal. Hey, thanks much. We appreciate it. We'll come down and All see right, you thanks, sometime. Thanks for All having right. me. Thank you. Bye bye. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour. We're back with more right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank Larosa. Thanks for being with us on the Golf to Go Radio Hour. Hi, I'm Frank Larosa along with Scott Marsh, and uh, thank you, uh, Michael Parsons, for being with us. Uh, Scott, as you know, I, I really love uh, uh, trying to, um, to have a different golf course on every week. Uh, again, to, to give people maybe a, a different place to play, but also to, to once again just kind of magnify the fact that Northern California is one of the greatest places uh, anywhere in the world to, to play golf. And we have a, a, great, a great selection of courses, you know, not too far from, from where we actually are. Yeah, and we're so lucky, too. And with the signal we have that we're blessed to be on here at Sacktown Sports 1140, I mean, with our, our, our carriage, I mean, we, we're heard as well in Monterey as we hear, are heard up in Roseville and up in South Placer County. So, you know, for us to be able to bring all these courses to the listeners, I think is fantastic. I uh, told you I was reading an article called The 15 Greatest Golf Nicknames, uh, yep. a, definitive, a definitive ranking by Mr. Shane Ryan. Yes. I actually tried to get a hold of him um and uh and see if he would be on this uh, segment with us and and uh, we missed each other so um so you and i are going to have to handle this alone well we'll find out if he's the true authority or not 
You know, I thought it was interesting that um, that right off the bat, uh, he gave uh, Tiger Woods uh, an honorable mention for the nickname Tiger, because as he says, you know, his dad was calling him that pretty much his entire life. And he was named after uh, uh, an army friend of his dad. So it, it wasn't really a nickname that was given to him based on based on his play or where he came from or, you know, some characteristic about him. It was pretty much with him all his life, even though it's a great name. Um, it, he, he gives him honorable mention for that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, number 15. I, I kind of like this. Um, Henry Picard. He was called the Hershey Hurricane. <laughs> a great name. All right. He, uh, they, they called him a force of nature um, yep. and a sense of place. He was one of the he was the head pro at Hershey Country Club in Pennsylvania. That's he funny. Won two majors in, in the 1930s. Wow. That's impressive. I'm yeah. sure he had a lot of chocolate too. I, I have no doubt. Yeah, that that that's a that's a good one to kick off this list. Uh, of course, uh, Doug Sanders comes in at number fourteen, the Peacock of the Fairways. And now, you know, uh, many many shortened uh, Doug's nickname to just simply the Peacock. But uh, you know, he got the nickname for his I don't know hundreds of pairs of shoes. I remember Sports oh. Illustrated years ago had a had a photo of Doug sitting in the middle of his shoes and and all of the very very colorful shirts and pants uh, that that he wore and sweaters on the golf course um, he was he was quite the guy yeah it sounds like he was a, a colorful character for sure you know I met uh, Doug Sanders with a, a first tee event um, probably 12 years ago now maybe and uh, they brought him in to be honorary chair of, of their golf tournament and you know Doug may have gotten a little older but boy, <laughs> he's still a peacock <laughs> <laughs> still strutting his stuff huh Number 13, uh, Sammy Sneed. Now, you know, most people think of um, Sammy's nickname as Slammin' Sammy, but apparently Byron Nelson um, used to call him, he said, well, he said several guys used to call him the nude knob. <laughs> really? And I think that has more to do with the fact that, um, you know, uh, Sammy didn't have a whole lot of hair on the top of his head. And uh, I'm not sure, you know, how... Um, how friendly he was and so you know he was he was called the the nude knob and and uh, <laughs> as as most people mentioned that uh, shortly after that he that's when he began wearing the hat all the time <laughs> yeah i'm sure he, that made him feel a little uncomfortable yeah i can imagine well, number 12 tom weisskopf was called the towering inferno now i think that's a great name as that well that is one that is a good one yeah you know it's um uh, Al Barco, uh, who's a, a Northern California golf writer and a friend of mine, lives down in the Bay Area. He wrote for Golf Digest. He boiled at a high bubble when things did not go well. Nobody threw clubs much or blurted the F word a la Tiger Woods. He just steamed the internal anguish, rushing the color red into his face like the mercury in a thermometer and overcooking his game. <laughs> Great line, Al. <laughs> Horton Smith was called the Joplin Ghost. Um, uh, as they say, two words put together, um, by themselves would be pretty good. You put them together. <laughs> that's, that's not so, that's not so bad as well. Apparently his other nicknames, uh, the Missouri Rover and tall pine of the Ozarks are each good enough to make the list, but, but they didn't, um, everyone, you know, I'm sure was, uh, was aware of, uh, uh Craig Stadler and, and his name, the walrus. And all Oh yeah. Two. One of the all time greats. All you had to do was look at him, right? Yeah. You know, there was, uh, as I was doing some of the research for this story, 
there was a um, and I, I you know I probably shouldn't mention it because I can't remember it, but it was it was um, a nickname given to his son, and it was Nalrus or something. It, it, <laughs> the notion was he was not the walrus, but yeah, but, you know, they, right. they didn't take off on his dad's name. Uh, a great nickname. Ben Hogan was the hawk. Mm-hmm. And um, it had nothing to do with the resemblance to a hawk, but rather his habit of studying the course, the swing, uh, somewhat like a predatory bird. And, yeah. uh, you know, as, as the writer says, he, he would descend upon the uh, golf course ready for the kill. Nobody's broken down the golf swing more than Ben Hogan. And, and, and very few did it as well. I, I, I think that uh, Gary Player said that uh, if he had to pick the greatest golfer of all time, Ben Hogan was his choice. Yeah. Henry Cooper was called Light Horse uh, because he was a cavalry officer in the Continental Army during the Revolutionary War. And uh, so that one goes way back, huh? Light Horse? Yes, literally <laughs> to the founding. Yeah. Uh, Gene Sarazen was the squire. And if you ever saw a picture of Gene, um, there was no doubt uh, that's who he was. Uh, he hosted uh, oh, the wide world of golf for a while. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he just, um, I, I, the squire fit him, right? Yep. Uh, number f- six, the greatest, right? Arnold Palmer was called the king. Yep. Deservedly so. Yeah, you know, um, certainly Arnie was the nickname, but um, but nothing, nothing um, you know, described who he was or how he related to the game or how he related to fans more than the nickname the King. Well, and, and maybe the greatest nickname relating to fans is Arnie's Army, right? True. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Gary Player, as we just mentioned, his nickname was the Black Knight, and apparently, what his dad had told him was. You know, you need to do something to kind of distinguish yourself. And so that's when Gary started uh, dressing in black all the time. Now, yeah. as a little aside, Jim Fitzpatrick told me when uh, when Gary Player was here, uh, Jim Fitzpatrick, local golf artist, that uh, that Gary Player was a fan of of the old Have Gun, Will Travel um, uh, television series. And uh, Paladin, who was the the hero of that series, wore black all the time. And uh, Gary kind of likened, or Jim kind of likens the Paladin logo to Gary's logo. I think that's huh. all, you know, that, that may be all sort of, uh, you know, modern mystery. But because uh, I, I, I never heard Gary mention that, but, uh, but that, well, that's Jim's take on it. If Jim says it, I think it's true. Okay. <laughs> Jack Nicholas, the Golden Bear. Um, you know, certainly... Uh, Based on his appearance, um, that's that's kind of where the name came from. Yeah. And I guess I guess that when the first time Jack heard it, he he thought it was pretty cool. And obviously um, his logo is a is a golden bear. And, and you know, he he kind of uh, um, took ownership of that. And, and oh, that's yeah. who he's become. Oh, that he is the golden bear. And of course, one of the great lines in golf was when Jim Nance at the 86 Masters, when Nicholas hit that famous putt. On 16, he's said, and the bear is out of hibernation. <laughs> Number three, Miguel Angel Jimenez, El Mechanico. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, I tell you that that guy, he is uh, he is a trip. He was he was here a number of years ago at, at Hagen Oaks, and I had a chance to interview him. It was right after Sports Illustrated had published the story of him um, 
um, as I remember, he wasn't fully clothed. He, he had uh, <laughs> wine, wine and cigars in, in, uh, yeah. in all the right places. But, um, you know, his, his feeling was, when I asked him a question about it, I think he thought I was uh, kind of bagging on him. But, but you know, I, I was just, you know, I thought, this is, this, is, this is an interesting picture. You know, tell yeah. me about it. And basically, he said, hey, that's who I am. And, um, and I don't think there's any question that's who he is. Well, I think he should be called Stretch because there's no more flexible person on the planet than that man. If you watch his stretch routines, and he could easily be called the world's most dangerous man too. I mean, after the, the all the uh, you know beer commercials, because he looks just like that guy. Uh, Paul Runyon was called Little Poison. Um, apparently, uh, he was uh, you know five seven, a small guy himself. Um, Sharp edge nickname. He uh, he he won a thirty hole thirty eight hole match play classic against uh, Craig Wood, and a blowout against Sam Snead. So um, you know, watch out for the poison from uh, from Paul Runyon. So which brings us to the number one. Okay, uh, in, let's hear it. And then I'm going to offer a few more that I feel like aren't on this list. Okay, well, tell me tell me what your guess would be for number one. Well, we haven't mentioned Lefty yet. Uh, uh-huh. You know, and I don't want to give away too many because I want to critique the list also. Um, the, the Great White Shark and Greg Norman to me is one of the all-time great nicknames. Um, this seems to be going a little bit further back in history, so it might be something from a, a further past era. You know, it's interesting. Uh, again, while doing a little research, I, I, I found various lists, and and uh, Greg Norman um, was on one of the lists, but uh, but uh, this this gentleman decided that Ernie Els, the Big Easy, that was, was on my list too. Yep, was the best one. Um, I love not it. O- not only for how he looks and yep. um, and 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 his swing, but uh, he said, you know, there there isn't a better name that just fits the person. And so, yeah, Ernie Els, the Big Easy, is number one. I will. I love that. I'm glad it's on the list, but I have to say any list that doesn't have the great white shark is is lacking, in my opinion. So I know his he says he's definitive Um, lefty. The ironic thing, of course, about Phil Mickelson is he isn't left handed. So they call him lefty and he swings left, but he's actually right handed. So that's always the ironic one. Um, I would say also out there, I I, one of my personal favorites is Chichi Rodriguez. you know, his, his name's Juan Rodriguez, and I, I just can't call and picture calling him Juan, you know, and I just can't picture the, the troll, what he does with the putter, you know, coming from Juan Rodriguez. That's Chi-Chi's move with the hat and everything else. So that would be on my list. Uh, how about Fred Boom Boom Couples? I think that's one of the, the great nicknames also. So, I mean, he, he has great ones there. I, I, would, I would augment it a little bit with those as well. I, I think uh, Boom Boom is is one of the all time names. You're you're absolutely right. And how about uh, Gentle Ben Crenshaw? As another one, absolutely. Yeah, you know, uh, nicknames are, you know, it, it, many of us. I, I think, um, like you know, the the little poison guy. Maybe maybe that wasn't his favorite nickname, but I, I think for for most to to have somebody coin a nickname for yep. you and about you. You know, there's a there's a sense of pride, and you know, and it and it becomes a brand like like yeah. Arnold and and yeah. uh, and Jack and and. Uh, um, How about the, the big Monty? There's another one for yeah. <laughs> Colin Montgomery. I'm sure it's not his favorite. <laughs> uh, 
but of course, you're Mr. Three Timer, Frank, with the hole in ones. <laughs> so yeah, that goes without saying. <laughs> you know, I, I, I it was again. I'm I'm not prepared as I should be, Scott, because I had a great name for you. <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the night with it, and uh, I forgot to write it down. Uh, and I don't remember whether it was a play on Scott or play on March, but um, yeah, but, but I'll but I'll have it for you by next week. That's fair enough. The fact you're waking up in the middle of the night is is a little alarming, but I will look forward to hearing about <laughs> it next week. <laughs> the Highland Scott, the great Scott. The I like um, it. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Take it. All right. Uh, this brings us to the end of another golf to go radio hour, and uh, you know we we don't normally do stuff like uh, like this. Uh, like this nickname challenge, but, uh, but I, I thought it'd be kind of fun to, to kind of go through some of them for, for many in our audience. Um, uh, some of these names, you know, go beyond uh, recognition. And, sure. and I know for, for us, some of them do as well, but, but again, it speaks to the tradition and, and the, the honor of, of the game. And um, while, while I think that's all important, uh, I, I think the, the operable word there again is game. It's, it's a game. It's supposed Absolutely. to be fun. You're supposed to laugh. You know, you're, yep. if, if you're going to play in the rain, uh, you know, you're supposed to enjoy it. Uh, you know, you don't want to be miserable and, you know, get a stiff neck because you're, because you're cold and wet, get some rain gear, um, you know, put some loft on your club, get out there and have a good time. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Go off to go radio hour uh, back again next week uh, here on Sacktown Sports 1140 for Scott Marsh. I'm Frank LaRosa. Thanks for being with us. Get out in the fairway. Have a good time. Enjoy this. Enjoy the game.